In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, 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 what's up, listeners? Jeff Simfer, your humble host. Time for another episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. So thrilled you have tuned in. You have arrived at the place where we help loan officers get more agent referrals so they can become the go-to lender in their market. And how do we do that? We help loan officers implement a proven system for closing more loans without having to cold call agents or pay for leads. We attract, we do not chase. We lead with education. Here's a brand new recent success story, sharing these with you every single week. Shout out to you, Jason Danowski. Win for the week. He taught our recently revamped video for real estate class to an audience of 18 agents. Uh, and he uh, had an existing relationship with this office, which led to him scheduling uh, shoot your first video day for the first week, week of February and uh, has already had agents sign up for that. Uh, he's only six months into this relationship uh, and making progress and traction with getting engagement, getting conversations, delivering value. As he says, uh, these classes are helping to get an audience with these agents who wouldn't give him a chance otherwise. And isn't that the name of the game, guys, right? How do we right set ourselves apart? How do we create awareness, create attention, ultimately create engagement that leads to conversations which leads to conversions. So it's about connection, conversations, conversions. How do you do that? Well, there's lots of different ways to do that. As you know, we believe in leading with education, delivering value above all else. You've heard the success stories every single week here. What are you waiting for? You want to learn more? You want to schedule a call with me to see if this is the right fit for you? Are you laying the groundwork for the momentum that's happening here in 2023? You're seeing it with applications on the rise, interest rates leveling out to a more uh, historical norm, buyers stepping back into the market. It's time to get in front of the wave, guys. It's time to go back to basics and fundamentals, right? Connecting with the referral partners. Want to learn more? Go to mortgagemarketing.pro. You can check out the success stories over there, the testimonials, the videos, and most importantly, you can schedule a call with me. Let's see if we're a fit for each other. All right. So on to this week's special episode. And this is one that I'm definitely thrilled to bring to you. 
was a long time in the making, and uh, it's an honor for me to have uh, my very special guest on this episode is Mr. Brad Lee. Now, who is the real Bradley? Uh, if you don't know who Bradley is, you're going to know after this episode for sure, because he's a uh, a man who's uh, unique and different unto himself. And uh, he himself has a podcast. I'm going to put links in the show notes. His podcast is droppingbombs.com. Um, Bradley has had such esteemed guests on his podcast that include the shark, Damon John, Tim Grover, who's the uh, strength and conditioning coach that had trained Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, amongst many others, Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, Patrick Bet-David, Tom Bailu, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I could go on and on and on. Brad's a stud. He's local to me here in Vegas, and he was gracious and willing enough to uh, be a guest on our show. And I am um, just, like I said, thrilled to bring this conversation to you. Brad is an entrepreneur, a businessman, and owner of a portfolio of companies. Lightspeed VT is a company he founded that uh, has revolutionized online learning and has made a massive impact on the lives of many. And ultimately, what Brad is about, his mission in life, is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And uh, he was gracious enough to share some time. I went over to his local studio here in Vegas. So if you want to check out the studio, uh, I suggest you go to our YouTube channel. You just go to YouTube and type in Mortgage Marketing Radio or check the links in the show notes uh, if you want to see the live interview. Uh, and also make sure you, you uh, check the uh, show note links for subscribing to Brad's podcast. Follow him on Instagram for show on YouTube because uh, you're going to definitely be uh, impacted and your life will be improved by some of the lessons and bombs that uh, Brad gets to share with you uh, during this conversation and on others that you listen in on his own show. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Brad Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Uh, so where do I open up and having a conversation with Brad Lee? Let me tell you, I have probably thought about this podcast interview more than I'm going to dare say any other podcast interview I've done. Nice. Why is that? Because it's like, where do you start with Brad? Because, you know, Brad comes at you sometimes fast and furious, wearing a wearing a, the truth on the sleeve. And I remember uh, our mutual friend, Renee, uh, was talking about how perhaps this is before he met you or whatever, and he was watching your content. And he's just like, at multiple times, he's like, feeling like he wants to delete you. Right, watching you come through the feed, he's like, "Man, that guy's kind of a, kind of a tool or whatever the hell he said." Right, and I'm like, "Some of the stuff you say, obviously, you know, can kind of, you know, create some emotions in people." And uh, I was watching that, and I'm like, "You know, I have felt the same way probably four or five times." But then, what I do is I dive deeper into your content, and I really start to listen to what your message is really all about. You know, and you start to realize that you actually, dare I say want to help want to make a difference in people's lives so true statement yeah yeah and, and see a lot of people don't necessarily see that because you know social media is like so fast and just real cl quick clip or whatever they hear you say one thing or whatever they just move on but um here's what i'm telling anybody who's watching is going to follow you perhaps as a result of this or just hang in there for the for the message because the meat is in the message and if they can get get beyond their own limitations in mindset i think there's a lot of value there well i appreciate it yeah, for sure. So, um, what was what was so offensive? Out of curiosity. Oh, come on. <laughs> I think I think you know what offends people more than anything. What my freedom 
to say what I want. Yeah. And they don't have that. So when they mm. hear me say something, they're like, my God. Right. I cannot. Well, that's because you can't. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, this guy's got to have some arrogance to, to yeah. say these type of things. And it's not true. It's the, it, it's the exact opposite, actually. It's the exact opposite. I don't have, I'm, I'm not arrogant in any way. Mm-hmm. What's funny, well, anyway, it's your show. You you go. No, no, this is this is what we do. We talk, <laughs> man. What do you, so if you're not arrogant, then how would you describe it? Confident? Confident. Or confident? Certain. Yeah, yeah, certain. You know, um, I don't need other people's approval. Uh-huh. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. I don't. Why, I pr- is, why do you think that is? Because I approve myself. You approve yourself. Yeah. I approve. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it makes me think in, in kind of, you know, like I heard you say, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, you know, 16 years old, kicked out of the house, whatever. And it made me wonder, how does a, how does a kid go from 16 kicked out of the house and the, the journey you are on to who we see here today? Who's, I don't know if you felt confident back then. Not always. Not always. No, no, no. I was insecure for a while. Uh-huh. And that made me really curious is how do you go? How did you go from insecure for a while to now being obviously very confident? You know, ultimately, it boils down to life lessons, mm-hmm. you know? You just learn along the way, Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, to me, a lot of people will say, you know, I can't believe you say some of the things you say. And I always say, like what? And they don't have an answer. <laughs> and I think to myself, why do they think I'm so, you know, and, and, and when it boils down to it, I think it's because I get to say what they wish they could say. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we afraid of that we don't want to say it? I don't know. I think what you're afraid of, not you specifically, yeah, yeah. but you in the in general context we're using, yeah. you're afraid of other people's judgment. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You don't want to be canceled. You don't want to be laughed at. You don't want to feel stupid. I don't care. Why? Because if you think I, if you think what I said was stupid, that's that's completely okay with with me. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about the universe, Jeff, is. If you truly and authentically say and and be who you actually are, mm-hmm. you're supposed to get rid of certain people that aren't going to like it. Why? Well, do you want to be surrounded by people that don't like you, don't have your best interest? Mm-hmm. No, you want to be surrounded by people who love you and 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 have your best interest at heart, right? Yeah. So you say and do what you say, you know, authentically to whom you are, and you're going to repel those people that don't like your attitude they don't like your style they don't like your vernacular they don't like you and then the ones that do are going to come around and what's cool about that is it's like a f- natural filtering process mm-hmm. hmm. when you you started your podcast 2018 You've had this company, Lightspeed VT. You've, you, you know, you do some amazing thing for amazing clients. We'll put links to it in the show notes. And I love what you know. I wrote down, which is, I think, kind of your mission statement, which is getting knowledge from people who have it to people who need it. Yeah. When did that become a thing for you? Well, it became a thing. In retrospect, it became a thing probably when I was about. I don't know. I'd even say 16, mm-hmm. you know, when I got booted out of my house. Cause I remember my dad, my dad was a hardworking individual, blue collar, yeah. worked his butt off ethical and, you know, hardworking labor, hard, mm-hmm. uh, working, but he never got anywhere. Mm. And I, and, and, and when I look back, it's like, why didn't he succeed financially? 
And it wasn't because he wasn't willing to work. So what could it have been? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he didn't have the right information. He was out busting his ass at a, at a mill instead of a commission job or, or building a business. Um, but I think, I think ultimately people fail because they don't have the right information. Yeah. So because I'm in a position to deliver track and measure information with my software, Mm -hmm. which is what it does. Um, I thought to myself, if I want to live in a world more successful, everyone has to be more successful. And the only way for everyone to be more successful is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. So we can all, you know, make more, be more, do more. And so that's when I said, dude, I'm going to make it my mission to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it Hmm. or want it. Because if you don't want it, you know, I'm not going to force it down your throat, but usually I like to lead by example. Who's going to listen to me if I'm not successful? And were you on your own journey also consuming that information? You know, the personal development, all that kind of jazz when you're 16 ish or whatever, and you started to maybe wake up to, Hmm, maybe this ain't working out. I got to go find the information. Um, no, it took me again. It took me a while <laughs> to learn all that. Um, at 30 years old, I started Lightspeed. Okay. Yeah. And I'm 54 in a couple of weeks. So uh-huh. 53. Nice. So 23, 24 years it's been. And when I first started, I just wanted to go out and train people how to sell, close, and persuade. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go compete with all the top sales trainers you've heard of. Tom yeah. Hopkins, right. uh, Joe Girard, Zig Ziglar. <laughs> Joe Girard, you know. there's an old name. Yeah, yeah. Tom Stuker, Tom you know, St- Grant Cardone, yeah. Joe Verdi. Like, I was going to go beat all their asses, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, so when I started, that's what I was starting to do, you know, but that didn't work out the way I thought it would. So it morphed and changed and tweaked. Next thing you know, they're all my customers. Hmm. And so it evolved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like most things. Yeah, it evolved. Mm. I didn't plan to do it all like that. Mm. But I tell people, listen, number one, the reason you are where you are in life is your mindset your skill set and your habits. Mm-hmm. And now someone can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worth millions of dollars. Well, that's because of your mindset, your skill set and your habits. Right. The only other thing I would factor in there is relationships mm-hmm. because I think every dollar comes from a relationship of some kind. Yeah. And the more hands you shake, the more money you make. That's a Bradley original. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's because a lot of people are out there trying to get financially better off and they can't seem to, you know, figure it out. Hmm. Well, I can promise you one thing. That means you don't have the right relationships mm-hmm. because if you had the right relationships, you'd have everything you want in life. Mm. Everything that you want comes from a relationship of some kind. Right. So how come people aren't out there creating more relationships on a regular basis? Now there's some listeners right now that are going, Oh my God, dude, that is so simple. I can't believe I'm. And then there's some people out there going, well, it's not that easy. Okay. That's a mindset limitation. That is a mindset problem. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to mindset, skill set, habits. It's your mindset, your skill set, or your habits every single time. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said about information. Um, getting information from the people who have it to the people who, do, who need it. And that, uh, you know, to be successful or to, you know, achieve certain goals, we, we need information. And for not achieving a certain amount of, of success, we may lack that information that, right. Basically. Well, obviously. Well, 
And so I thought of that and I'm like, aren't we living in a society that has too much info? Like, is there any, like, there's no excuse to not getting the information, right? It's out there. 100%. All right. So then if it's there, it's just a matter of people just aren't acquiring it. They're not seeking it. Seeking might be a, a big, a big reason. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seek. Right. And, and ye shall find. Right. Yeah. Most people don't seek. They just, they just listen. They just sit on their hands and bitch and complain and wish it was different. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's shocking and surprising. Like, um, I've got, um, two boys older. One's going to be 21. One's 18. I know you've got two older boys as well, if I'm correct. Well, I've got seven kids, got seven total. Two of them are boys. Yeah. Two of them are boys older. And I'm always trying to feed them that information, right? The mindset and everything that you're talking about sure. here. I was curious if like you do the same. Yes, yeah? of course. And, and do you find that they take to it though? Not necessarily. Yeah. You know, I have people that pay me considerable uh-huh. amount of money to, to, to advise them and right. coach them yeah. and counsel them. Yeah. And uh, my kids don't seem to, you know, want to listen as much. Although, although I think they do mm-hmm. in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. they're not, they're not like over at my house every day asking questions, no. and, you know, really with a notepad, like, like the people that pay me do. Right. They, you know, they're, they're, they're just, you know, eh. right. But I'm their dad. Cause right. This is through a different filter. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm trying to play that bet. That's going to pay off 10 or 20 years from now. Right. When that maybe hopefully finally kicks in for them and they realize they're doing something that, you know, was related to what they saw or learned from me years before that. Well, I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. called lessons i learned the hard way it's called yep. the hard way yeah but that book is just a series of things that i learned lessons from mm-hmm. that coincidentally i think everyone's going to learn in life the question is, is how long will it take them and how much will it cost them yeah so i'm gonna uh obviously make sure they read that book right and then the follow-up book that's going to come out and then they'll be fine and of course they're going to be fine anyway because oh dad's rich. <laughs> yeah, I, but don't you want to do the Warren Buffett thing? No, like, <laughs> no. When I die, my family's getting it all except maybe a little bit to charity. <laughs> nice, nice. That's good. Yeah, because okay. I want them. I, I mean, I wish my parents would have left me millions of dollars. Now again, maybe maybe growing up, kind of. Mm-hmm. lower middle class mm-hmm. is a blessing. A lot of times people believe that struggle is a blessing. Yeah. And I agree with that because mm-hmm. like when you go to the gym, you know, it's, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. The uncomfort is what develops and grows people. Right. So maybe I was fortunate to, to grow up like I did, but what's crazy is when I look back, I don't think it was all that bad. I thought I had a normal, mm. regular mm. childhood and my kids have it way better than I had it. Like right. my, oh, yeah. my parents didn't buy me a car. Yeah. My parents didn't give me a job. My parents didn't hand me pretty much anything I needed or wanted. Yeah. I did get it all myself. No, that's the question that, that I think a lot of us in the similar situation struggle with is have we made it too easy for our kids? Uh, I don't think so. Mm. Because again, I don't give them everything. You know, I could give them a lot more. You know, I don't, I don't spoil them to a point where like, you know, oh, that, you don't need that car here. Let's go get you a better car. <laughs> you know, you just need a car. Right. And right. you need to work. By the way, I let them work for me for, for money. They oh yeah? yeah. I don't just give them money. Right. They all work. Oh, they work they all got to work. Yeah. I tried to get my, uh, he's probably going to be seeing it this at some point, but Hey man, I, I tried. So, uh, for video editing, right. To have me do my video editing, but that kind of petered out. But now I have one. Why of those, is that? 
Well, if you want the truth, it probably comes down to didn't really need it. Well, see, my son, mm. one of one of my sons, mm. did video editing for me, mm-hmm. and coincidentally learned video editing pretty well, and now does it for himself. Mm. Started another company, partially because of video editing, yeah. and now he's doing about a hundred thousand a month. Wow. And income. There you go. So it all came from the talent and the right. education that we gave him to be a video editor. And he learned on his own too, because I didn't give him any formal education. Oh, really? And he found it interesting, something he enjoyed doing. Yeah. I mean, dude, with, if you're a good editor, man, you're, right. you're number one in high demand. And yeah. number two, when you, when you focus that editing towards marketing, mm-hmm. dude, you you can blow up your own business. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. they're, they're a good editor mm-hmm. with the mind for marketing invaluable mm-hmm. hmm. okay um heart so i was reading some of uh hopped on linkedin and looking at some of the comments people had to say about you jay duran oh yeah what jay have to say <laughs> jay said that what stood out for him about you is that you've got a heart Again, this goes back to kind of what we opened up with that, you know what I mean? Uh, you've got a heart of gold, a very, you know, a caring heart, you're kind, and you've got incredible vision. Well, thanks, Jay, wherever you are. <laughs> Jay, wherever you are. I would agree. Checks in the mail. <laughs> I would agree. You would I, agree. I, I'm, what, I'm what you call kind, generous, um, I just think if everyone just goes through life being kind, and generous mm-hmm. the world's going to be a much better place having empathy well i mean sure okay empathy i fine. mean what's kind mean though does that mean like you hold the door for the you know person or buy well, the girl scout that's, cookies that's or? more manners okay yeah all right so kind is patience kind, kind is you're not out to hurt anybody and you're mindful of the the damage and and things that you're capable of mm, so do no harm yeah, I mean, like you mm. know, you're kind. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a kind individual. If mm. I can help you, I will. Mm. With, with and I don't really care if I can, if it can be returned or not. Right. Um, I definitely sense that. But I, but I think I think more people need to be kind. I, there's a lot of people out there in the world that have been screwed and and cheated and burned so many times. They've changed. Mm. And I always tell people, don't change the way you are just to, just to, you know, kind of protect yourself against what could happen Mm -hmm. because what'll happen is, you know, you change yourself and Mm -hmm. that's not good because you might change into something you're actually not. And then you're going to attract people that you shouldn't be attracting and you're going to repel people you shouldn't be repelling. (laughs) So I always say, don't change the way you treat people, change the people you treat See, so if I'm if I'm nice, kind, and generous, and 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 people take advantage of it, ah. I just quit being nice, kind, and generous to those people. Mm. I'm still nice, kind, and generous over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, to find find new people to be nice and kind to. All right, here's a pivot. Salespeople, born or made? Made. Okay. What makes a good salesperson or a great salesperson? Well, number one, empathy. Mm-hmm. Number two. Uh, the ability to ask great questions and more importantly, listen to the answer mm-hmm. and then problem solve really. Cause I mean, sales mm-hmm. is, is, is essentially solving someone's problems. Mm-hmm. 
So if you get really good at solving problems and you get really good at asking good questions, so you get really good at listening and you're empathetic on top of it, you're a shoe in. Mm. I don't think you're born that way. I think you develop those things. Anybody can be good at sales. hundred percent. Just a matter of, again, information, learning, knowledge, application. Well, we're all in sales anyway. Yeah. Like, that's what's funny is when people are like, oh, I hate salespeople. I hate sales. Everyone's in sales. Mm-hmm. The question is, is are you any good? Yeah. And the, and what's funny is like people that, that don't necessarily think they're in a sales job, that would never take a sales job, mm-hmm. they're still selling. Mm. Like my receptionist is selling people all the time. You know, everybody sells somebody on something. You sell your kids on eating their food or cleaning up their plate or doing their chores or getting better grades or not doing the wrong things when they're out by themselves and their friends. You're selling your boss on taking a day off, et cetera, et cetera. You're selling your your spouse on where to go eat and where, where to take vacations. Mm-hmm. You're selling somebody something every day. Yeah. So we're all in sales in that regard. Right. The question is, is are you any good? The difference between bad and good is the bad don't know they're doing it. Hmm. Yeah. It's how do you feel about scripting? I think scripting is good to train in the beginning to where I don't think you should use a script. I think you should use a script to internalize. So you know what to say. Mm -hmm. And then like if I were going to train salespeople and I needed a script, I would give them a script so they know what to say, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't let them read the script. Meaning uh, I'm going to train them until they, until they no longer need the script. Yeah. But the script is how I train them. So yeah. I am back and forth on scripts. Yeah, yeah. But if you call me and I hear you reading a script, that gives me oh, permission sure. to hang what? up. You're a machine. Right. You're a, you're a, you're a low waged yeah. little machine right. and it doesn't matter. Click. Right, right. I can hang up on your ass when I hear a script. When it's completely, completely wrote, there's no emotion. There's no connection to the person on the other end. But when I hear, when I hear it may be a script that I'm hearing, but I don't hear a script because mm. you've internalized it so well that you now are just saying what that script said. Yeah. But nine times out of 10 in your own words. In your own way, yeah. Well, now you're a human being. Right. A lot harder to hang up to for me. Some people, they don't care. I care. No, I think most people care. And especially when you can tell that it's a script and with all the awkward pauses and things like that, and you give them a response they weren't expecting. One of the best things I ever heard about, uh, two things I heard about scripting. Uh, one of them, which is the worst time to figure out what to say is in the moment you need to say it. Like when you're having a sales call or sales situation, you should know where that conversation is likely going to go and be prepared for that. Right. And then the second one was you're already scripting, right? You just probably suck. You just don't know it. Well, the best way would be to lead the conversation. Yeah. So you know exactly where that's true because the person asking the questions, right? He or she's in control. Just like, you're in the mortgage space. Mm-hmm. Do you know the very first person that was ever paid a mortgage to? His name was Morton Gage. <laughs> Morton Gage. Yeah. That's why you pay a mortgage. Are you serious? Mortgage. This is a fact. No. I, I made it up. <laughs> but what's funny is I was at a mortgage conference doing a keynote one time and I don't, there was a bunch of people in the audience and I told that story, dude. And it was surprising how many people believed me. (laughs) Well, whoever's most certain, right? When two people meet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Well, you had me at the last conference I saw you had, you were at, you had me at butter tits. Like that's when it all, I was like, that's it. That's the guy, man. I got to have him on the show. Like again, because that was, that was you just being so honest. 
And I forget exactly what you said. Do you remember that? Like it's how you use that in your, in your talk? Probably. Probably. It's something to do with like, you recently really took control of your fitness, decided to like work out and all that kind of jazz. And I don't know like where that phrase came from. Well, I mean, dude, you take off your shirt sometimes and you look in the mirror and you realize that you're not very firm and you know, you're, 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 what's supposed to be chest looks more like, you know, bag filled with butter. (laughs) So I I just said butter tits. You said butter tits in the moment up there on the, on the stage. That was awesome. That was one of the best moments in live presenting. That's not the only time I've ever said butter tits. I'll use that. I'll use that to describe kind of that frumpy, Uh dumpy body that a lot of us have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, uh, so yeah, we're about the same age. I'm 57. And so, uh, I'm, I'm curious. You have a trainer? No. You don't. Do it yourself. Yeah. Go to the gym. Yeah. Lift heavy stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Eat well. Eat eat well. Yeah. Lift weights. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very basic. Very simple. Yeah. How many times a week? Five. Five. Back to back or you space them out in between? I do 30 minutes of cardio when I wake up. Mm-hmm. I got to get the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the weights usually at nine mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And just do a body part a day. How the hell you do that at nine o'clock at night, man? Aren't you ready to just like, you know, chill? Well, I've been chilling all day. <laughs> okay. Are you into the cold plunging and all that stuff? No, but someone's sending me a cold plunge. So I'm about to try it. You got to try it out, man. I'm I did about it. To. I did it last year and I just actually restarted it this morning. I was cold up until about 20 minutes before getting here. Uh, but it's well, life-changing. I hear, I hear it's a, there's a lot of great benefits to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the whole do something hard every day. That's part of it. Right. I don't know about that. Get that's uncomfortable. Not <laughs> that's not hard. It depends on the temperature. Get in a 45 degree body of water. It's, it's not hard. All right. You, All right. you, you jump in it. Like what's how, hard. How what's hard, hard for, for Bradley. Hard is like long, laborious backbreaking work. Like Let, or let's say let's say you had no arms, no legs, and your bathtub was nine feet tall. Getting in it's hard. It's <laughs> hard, yes. Right. Yeah. So like like difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult mm. other than maybe mentally yeah. to get in. So I don't the mental game I don't attribute to hard. Okay. Even though it is it is hard to get in that some bitch cold, but hard meaning, you know, mentally. Mm-hmm. I I always for some reason equate hard to physical things sure yeah that makes sense yeah and physically it's not hard to get in a bathtub no assuming you've got the limbs and all that kind of stuff to do that but let's just face it it's usually today what keeps people from getting where they want to go isn't the physical side of things 100 percent. it's the mental 100 percent. if you had a bomb i'd drop it on that <laughs> we yeah, got a bomb dude listen if if someone listening wants the secret it's yeah. mindset, skill set, habits. Your mindset mm-hmm. is why you are where you are. Yeah. Wherever that is, right. good or bad. Right. Your skill set and your habits are to blame. Mm-hmm. So when someone's overweight, they can't get in shape, it's their habits. Mm-hmm. It's their mindset. It's their skill set. If they're broke and fat and got butter tits, <laughs> it's their mindset, their skill set, and their habits. That's all it is. So if people realize how simple that actually is, just go focus on the mindset, the skill set, and the habits, and you'll go anywhere you want to go. And you can keep looking back towards them. And like I said, if I was going to add a fourth, it would be relationships. Mm-hmm. 
Because a lot of times your mindset's great, your skill set's great, your habits are great, but you don't have the right relationships. And it's still kind of difficult getting ahead Mm -hmm. because it's not what you know, it's who you know. You've heard that. I think it's both. But at the end of the day, mindset, skill set, habits, that's 99.9% of people's problem. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And um, I'm thinking back to you were 16 or whatever. I was probably roughly, I don't know, around that age or so, 18 or 20 left home. That's when I got the job for Tony Robbins when I was about 25 and uh, started reading the books, the personal development, all that kind of stuff. And it was really the first time that it opened my mind up to the fact that, Hey dude, you can take control of your mindset. Like whatever this crap is that you're feeding yourself right now, you can stop that dialogue and change it. You know, similar journey for you. Or like, when did that light bulb go on? You're like, Holy shit, your your head's full of crap. (laughs) If it was, I don't know, but mine was for a bit. Well, my mine probably still is. Um, <laughs> it is a battle that goes on for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I I think I realized. I don't want to say like you know thirty five or so, but that's about when it seems like I realized. Because again, I I already knew, I just didn't realize. See the difference? There's there's things that like, especially in when you're learning things and reading books, and you're like. Well, I already knew that, but I forgot. So uh, it's like yeah. I, I remember you, you remembered what you forgot, what you what you knew, mm-hmm. but you knew it, but you just didn't remember it, or mm-hmm. it wasn't on the forefront. So I think in most cases, like I've always been aware that um, you know we can we can control mm. what we listen to and we can control how we react. Hmm. Um, but I wasn't aware of it. In other words, I was I, I knew it, but I didn't really use it in other words i allowed people to influence me i I allowed you know and 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 by the way i was unaware of a lot of negative self-talk when i was younger Mm -hmm. but around 35 i think is when is when i started realizing like you can totally control the narrative and Mm. and and you should very important uh read a book called as a man thinketh the four agreements um, think and grow rich. Those yeah. three books, people always say, what three books would you have me read if, if, if you wanted me to be successful? Those three. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading as a man thinketh that was just life changing. Like they see his talk about difficult situation, right? Circumstances. And like, how do you see the end result? How do you see the bright future out of that? Right. How do you get out of that? That's a lesson right there in, in mindset for sure. But I'm thinking like this, do you feel that, um, a lot of people are walking around in a trance though. They're not even aware that their mindset is determining their direction. Thousand percent. Like there's certain stores I go into that rhyme with Walmart sometimes, you know, no offense to Walmart, but if we're going to speak my mind, that's one of my little things I have where I'm like, you can't drag me in there. Why? Come on. Why? <laughs> Be- uh, because I find that for me, if you want me to be totally honest, it's, it's, I see that is uh, a rep- representation at scale of people not being self-aware. I don't follow you. You know how you watch like this, all the videos that you, you watch, know, you know, the Waltons are some of the richest people. I, in the I'm world. not talking about the owners. I'm talking about the people who go and spend the money. Oh, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, dude, I'm in there sometimes. I know you're, but my that, wife's that, in there. That's a gross. See, look at that. I said, what's on my mind. Now I'm getting in trouble. You're not, you're, you're not getting in trouble. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting feedback. I'm uh, getting feedback. Is, there you go. Desired, isn't it? It is. It is. So not everybody, obviously, but 
Um, again, it's just my personal, we all have our personal little so things. So you don't go in there because you think everybody's mindless and stupid? Not everybody, but a higher percent. There's a lot of dumbasses in there. There you go. Yep. That may be true. But there's I'm just also saying, a lot where of, do the fights break out in grocery stores? Hey, but there's also, Walmarts. There's also a lot. I've never seen a fight break out at Walmart. Oh, I can show you some on the internet. I, I can tell you that there's just as many dumbasses at Neiman Marcus. <laughs> Probably like, true. Like, who the hell would pay for like shit that expensive for no reason? <laughs> we call it needless markup. Right. But, but you know, to me, I, I think the only reason I'm kind of giving it a little pushback yeah, yeah. is because I, I read Made in America with Sam Walton. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you read his book, man, you, you, you hear how they built that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking from an owner exactly. uh, perspective. Which is like, your mindset. And not only that, but like behind what he was thinking, he was thinking, I need a place where I can give people, you know, good deals on volume really yeah, right and and uh how he built that company and really that's still true today to where you know people say well the walmart's not the cheapest they they don't claim to be the cheapest first of all second of all you know he set out to do something and he achieved it costco walmart sam's club those those you know low wholesale yep. i think costco's is 15 percent over what they cost now for me costco's a different experience walking through there i see i think the idiots go to costco <laughs> I'm not saying you, that. You know that Costco doesn't even bag your groceries? <laughs> they don't do it at Walmart anymore either. Well, they don't. It's all self checkout. No, see? Not, yes, it that's is. That's not true. It is true. Well, I, I went to just, one in Arizona. Well, no, that was a Target I was at. Yeah, see? My wife goes to Walmart for like, you know. I know. I get it. I was in there Christmas. Clothes. No, just joking. Buying, yeah, right. <laughs> buying some stuff. And uh, I, I hadn't been at a Walmart in I don't know when. I was over relatives in Arizona. And I walk in. I'm just like, where the heck's all the workers, man? Everybody's gone. And it's like all self-checkout. So Home Depot. It's everywhere. Now it's like do it yourself. And there's have a whole ever, comedy routine on that too. Have you ever been to Home Depot? Yeah. Dude, you can't ask a question to no, save I know. your life. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. And you're just wondering where everything is. This is, is. a bigger problem too, right? Of what's and going on. And they're successful. Hmm. That's true. I guess they'll, they're just like, people will figure it out. F, aisle F. That's where they are. Well, where's the competition? True, Right. Well, it's, it's, it's Home Depot and Lowe's. That's it. I haven't seen another one. Mm. So again, if a third one opened up where there was actual people that were helping mm. people, I'll bet you it would be way more popular. Way more expensive too. And that's why maybe it's not a good. Business. I'd rather pay more. Yeah, for sure. And get better service. No, I agree. I'm that way as well. Um, all right, let's kind of close it out with this. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. I was thinking about this. Um, what's most important to you? health health has it always been health or yeah i mean i think if you're gonna if you're gonna put it into um you know uh, level of importance i would say number one is my health Mm -hmm. number two are relationships and number three is finances money Mm -hmm. okay why is health most important well because without that you'd give up everything else to get it back Mm-hmm. Mm. health is the first wealth dude it, it, right now i guarantee if you were worth a billion dollars and you knew you were dying or you you just felt like shit every day and i came along and i said dude you give me a billion dollars and i'll have you feel like a freaking 18 year old kid that just got off a of freaking high school for the summer mm-hmm. you'd be like done because you know yeah health you cannot yeah you, you don't want to mess with. So 
the most important thing would be health. Okay, let me try this question on you. I heard this the other day, listening to a podcast. This, I guess, was asked of, of a lot of young people, younger people. If you could trade places, this is, this is they asked it of 20-something-year-olds. If you could trade places with Warren Buffett today, right? And let's just assume he's 90, yeah. right? If you could trade places with Warren Buffett today, would you? Hell no. Why? Look at him, first of all. <laughs> like, are you kidding me, dude? Number one. Number two, because money's not everything. Right. All he has more than me is money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I've right. got enough, number one. Right. Like, you know, by the way, you know the difference between a billion and a hundred billion? No. Nothing. Okay. Anything a hundred billionaire uh, can do, a billionaire. In terms can of do. the impact of your life and all that. Yeah. And if you really think about it, someone with a hundred million is just about the same as someone with a billion. Mm -hmm. Now, people say, well, Brad, aren't you, aren't your, isn't your goal to be a billion? Yes, only because I think a billion is the new, you know, wow. Yeah. Like that's right. hard to get to. Yeah. Um, anyone can get to a million nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you have to be at least 10 million just to become a millionaire. Yeah. That's the new millionaire, decamillionaire. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I want to be ultimately a super centurion. Uh-huh. Right. Interesting. That's mm. someone who lives to a hundred or more. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I have this thing that I'm working on my 70 year old self right now. Maybe I should change well, that dude, to a hundred year old dude, self. 57. You ain't got long to go, bro. I mean, based <laughs> on, uh, on human averages. <laughs> Way to make me feel great. <laughs> dude, you, you better wake you up. Like it, 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 I sit there. Sometimes well, I mean, like I, I think, have been, and it's just, that's why I, why you, why do I do what I do health wise? Right. Why do you, we do that? Cause you're, you're not playing the game for today. You're playing it for 10, 20 years from now. All right. Uh, oh, hundred percent. But yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the average life expectancy is 78. Mm. Yeah. Right. Which means you only got 21 yeah. years. I'm on the other side. And 21 years, as we know, yeah. goes by just like this. Right. And then you're done. Now, you hope you mm -hmm. get that long. Right, right. You, there's no guarantee you'll get it any older. Right. Fortunately, with, with medical right. uh, technology and, and innovations, I think we are soon going to be seeing 150s, really? 200s. Like in a decade? What do you mean? Yeah, 10, yeah. 20 years from mm -hmm. now, maybe. Hmm. But I think we'll see you know, people living to 150. Wow. Now I hope to be one of them, mm -hmm. but you know, if I were to die tomorrow, dude, I had a pretty damn good ride yeah. and I think I've impacted a lot of lives. Mm. And I think, uh, the only reason I'd want to stick around longer is to watch all that impact mm. and, and, and what, what it did to the world. Is that, I was thinking about your content strategy and if you you know actually have one or if like what's the source of the content you put out you know what are you trying to achieve impact with that <laughs> aside from the obvious build a personal brand right all that but yeah but like see this is the funny part i didn't intentionally uh or with a strategy yeah do anything you just started saying i'm gonna grab a mic i'm gonna put some stuff out no, I mean, in the very beginning, I, I would do it like everyone else. And I would try to think, what should I put out there? What do people need to hear? How will I look cool? What, what can I say to make people think I'm this or that or the other thing? Uh -huh. And then at one point in time, I didn't have any time right. to produce content or right. create content. Right. And so I just told my camera guy to put the camera on and follow me around and just right. capture what I'm doing. And we'll worry about content later, yep. basically. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything started blowing up. Mm. People are like, dude, you look, you, you know, I love your content. It's so real. And I'm like, that's cause it is real. Mm -hmm. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, 
well, dude, you're seeing me talk to someone for real. You're seeing me do what I do for real. And then it became easy to make content. Mm -hmm. So now I don't really have a strategy other than, you know, uh, let a camera follow me around. Mm -hmm. Now my team might have a strategy right? and the team, um, you know, watches what I say. So I don't get canceled. You know, you can say certain words. It'll get you suppressed, Mm -hmm. you know, ask Andrew Tate. Yeah, right. He's got big (laughs) issues right now. Right. But, but, um, they try to f- make sure I don't say vaccine and, and, mm-hmm. and COVID and all the mm-hmm. shit I'm not supposed to be saying or mm-hmm. the mainstream won't like you. Um, but I just, I just, I'm just letting the camera follow me. Hmm. Yeah. That's actually probably the, the best strategy. If you're doing something of interest, right. For somebody to watch. Well, if you're not doing something of interest, that's your sign. Yeah. Cause I've, <laughs> I've interesting. I've taught, I've taught people, you know, how to do what I did. Yeah. And, and, I guess the, the, the main way I say it is, you know, film yourself, being yourself, talking to your employees, talking to your uh, spouses, you know, doing what you do, talking to your friends, talking to your customers, closing deals, do, you know, go show them what it is you're doing. And they're like, well, I'm not really doing very much. Well, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing anything, right. use that as a reason to do something. Like, for example, I say yes to things like this because it's content. Mm-hmm. I say yes to things like this because, you know, it's it, we're, we're getting knowledge out to people. Right. So all of the reasons I do things, these type of things fit into them. So yeah. if you're not doing anything, mm. use this as a reason to start doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I thought we were going to talk mortgages and I was going to be like, I'm not really in the mortgage space too much. But <laughs> if you ask me. Whether you're whether you're in the mortgage space, the, the the real estate space, the franchise, I don't care where you are. You want to make more money, shake more hands. Mm-hmm. Period, and that's where marketing comes in. Yeah, and these are kind of virtual handshakes with media and content. Dude, I can go leave comments on a social media post and form a relationship. Yeah, I can go into a Facebook group. I can go. I can. I can. You know, put, create a personal brand. I can post every day. Mm-hmm. If you post three or four times a day per channel, six channels, that's freaking eighteen to twenty-four videos per day that you're posting, mm-hmm. dude. What's going to happen? You're going to start thinking. Why? Because you have to think before you talk. I hope. <laughs> and then you start to realize that's my opinion on this. That's my opinion on that. Then you start to get a little bit more convinced and certain and mm-hmm. and who you are and what you believe. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to stand up a little straighter. And that's when people start to call you arrogant, by the way, because, you know, <laughs> who are you to be so sure about things? Right. You know, we're, we're we none of us are this sure. Well, speak for yourself. Right. Like, I'm I'm sure knowing uh, that if what I say offends somebody, that's their problem. Why? Because I know myself, dude, I'm a kind, generous individual. Mm-hmm. I'm out to help the world mm. and I'm and I'm out to help individually or collectively, but I'm out to help. So if you don't like me, bro, that is your problem Mm. because I, because I am nothing not to like, like there is zero that I do that is unlikable. (laughs) I love it. That's a bomb right there. That's a good note to wrap on too. There is zero that Brad does. That's unlikable. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. I love it. Brad, seriously, man, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Can't thank you enough for making time today. 
Dude, my pleasure. I'll have you back on my on my podcast one of these days. That'd be fantastic. So, guys, you want to connect with Brad. If you don't already follow him, I don't know where you've been, but you're going to have to. All the links will be in the show notes. Go check out his book, his YouTube channel. All the stuff we'll put in there. And thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, you know what to do. Leave us a review. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our mortgage marketing pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.